entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders, and that's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. I have Joe Batista back with me in the studio. We had a great first uh, show. I wanted you to come back to go a little deeper on on something that's in your book. So welcome back, Joe. Thanks, Marty. Great to be here. So if people weren't lucky enough to hear the first one, allow me to do the introduction. So Joe Batista is a professional speaker, success coach, and owner of Pragmatic Passion Consulting. Joe has spent his career transforming organizations and teams by counseling professional and collegiate athletes on life skills and career transitions. A former NHL team executive and six-time ACHA National Championship hockey coach, Joe has helped secure Penn State's largest gift ever from Terry and Kim Pagula to build the award-winning Pagula Ice Arena. I'll say it again, the award-winning Pagula Ice Arena. What a dream come true. It, it really was, and I'll tell you, uh, gives a smile to me every time I go by it. Well, you should. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So we're going to be talking about Joe. As the first show, we're going to talk about his book called The Power of Pragmatic Passion, Seven Common Sense Principles for Achieving Personal and Professional Success. And as the first show, Joe, I'd like to, again, in case they missed the first one, which they should be ashamed of themselves if they did, (laughs) you can go back and listen to that one. It says on the back of the book, inside this book, you'll discover and learn how to apply what pragmatic passion is and why it's needed in today's distracted and disengaged world. Point number two, seven common sense principles to lead you on a practical path to achieve personal and professional success. Point number three, how to use pragmatic passion to live a vibrant life, have a meaningful career, be passionate every day, contribute to the greater good, and live comfortably with peace of mind. So I'm going to focus on point number three. I guess maybe I'll focus on and live comfortably with peace of mind. Now, Joe, in your book, chapter seven, um, the title of the chapter is Nurture. So let me see here. I got to go to page 269 here. I think it's on 269. Let me find it, Joe. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves while I look. Okay. <laughs> so under the category of nurture, objective three says, nurture your dreams by learning to nurture your money. I'm going to say that again to set you up. You got it. Nurture your dreams by learning to nurture your money. I guess I might call that financial literacy. So maybe we should give a quick overview of pragmatic passion sure, to set the stage. Yep. So kind of give me the definition. What do you mean by pragmatic passion, Joe? Pragmatic passion is quite simply your head and your heart. You need to make 
a decision using both. Problem with making decisions based only on passion is that it's emotion-based and sometimes it's not realistic. The pragmatic piece keeps it real. And I talk in the book about dreaming big, that's your passion, but keeping it real, that's the pragmatic part. And then the power of pragmatic passion is the execution, the get it done part. Right. And, and so you have to have those three things in order for you to achieve success personally and professionally and live that life that we were talking about. Joe, you and I have talked about this many, many times, this idea of financial literacy. And I want to make sure that people, all ages, uh, no matter where you are in life, I have found, Joe, <laughs> that this idea of financial literacy or let me maybe financial challenges is a big problem in our world today. It really is. You know, and, so and, let's, talk, let's start there. It really is. Well, tell me more. So let me tell you, I'll, I'll give you a few statistics. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Okay. 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 cash in their savings account. And 56% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. If we were giving out grades for our mm. financial acumen, we would uh, be failing. Mm. Um, and then when you think about, well, how does that, where does that show up in life? Well, over 20% of divorces, the main reason giving mm. is because of finances and disagreements about money, money problems, credit card debt, student loan debt, etc. Um, we don't teach it, Marty. You know, mm. it's not taught in the schools. It's not a requirement. A lot of parents don't teach it. They assume it's being taught in school. And the reality is that most people are on their own. And even when I talk to doctors, when you ask a doctor, if you had to go back to school what would you do differently? And almost all of them say, I would have learned more about money management. Wow. Both from a business standpoint, because let's face it, most doctors, they're part of a business. They're a part of a group. Sure. They don't understand. They never learned that part. And then managing their own money, their own finances. So it doesn't, this impacts everybody across all demographics and socioeconomic uh, right. situations. Uh, the more you know about how money works, the more peace of mind you're going to have and the more comfortable life you can lead. You are a professional speaker and you speak to younger audiences, both high school students and college students. Mm -hmm. What's some of the messages that you don't go into the deeper and just kind of give me the general thought when you're talking to that age group, well, what are the, some of the things that you share with them? Well, I want them to dream big. I, 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 I still want them to have aspirational goals. But what I tell them is this, this idea of finding your passion and you can be anything you want to be, you know, and just do what you love. Those all come with caveats as far as I'm concerned. You know, finding, you know, your passion, you know, do what you love. Well, you still have to have the talent, the aptitude and the work ethic sure. in order to make a living at it. Right. right. And and finding your passion uh, to me, it's not about finding passion. It's about creating what you want to do. I love it's, that. And you do that by trying different things, trying you different know. things and gradually practice, work, get better at it. And, it, become, it, you and become it, passionate about it's it. It's kind of like being a doctor, too. Sometimes it's just as important to eliminate what you don't like, what you don't want to be involved in. Great. Point. And, and really starting to narrow down where what are you good at? What what do you love to do? And oh, by the way, what can you get paid for? Because otherwise, it's just a hobby. 
Right. So high school and college age students, I guess everybody would uh, agree with that. And and we uh, have a lot of C-suite executives to listen to the show. Maybe they're dismissing this. Well, I got to tell you. <laughs> they shouldn't, Joe. <laughs> if you've ever read The Millionaire Next Door. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thomas Stanley's book. Uh, we know that, you know, just because somebody's living in a big mansion and driving around in a $100,000 car and going off to European vacations, that does not mean that person has a good financial life. They may have a negative net worth because they're leveraged to the hilt in some cases. And I think what it comes down to is most millionaires, according to the book, are wearing blue jeans and overhauls and, yeah. you know, living in a nice you know, home, but nothing ostentatious. And uh, they're just saving their money. They're driving, they're driving a Chevy or a Ford. They're not driving the, you know, the fancy foreign car that's costing them, uh, you know, it's worth less the minute you drive it off the, uh, right. the lot, so to speak. And there's nothing, don't get me wrong. There's people that are really successful and manage their money very well, but there's an awful lot of fake money out there, right? right. There's people that want to make you believe they live a certain lifestyle, but if you look underneath the covers, you find out that they are that can, in debt up to their eyeballs. That can make you awful unhappy. Yes. So, how did you learn about financial literacy? When and how? What, what, what was your path? I, I'd say I was part lucky, and part of it was just looking for the right answers from the right people. Um, my parents, neither one went to college. They're both blue-collar. Pretty much everybody in my family was like that. Um, And I grew up in a traditional Italian family. We didn't talk about money. Okay. That that was, you know, that was private. That was an adult thing. Right. Right. So when I was working in my first job, um, I had the, I was coaching and I met a banker who took a liking to me and sat me down and said, Joe, I'm going to teach you a couple lessons. Wow. Pay yourself first. Okay. Pay yourself first. What does that mean? Okay. You know, well, you, you start putting money into the right buckets, your emergency fund, you know, into insurance, you know, into retirement before the needs. You pay yourself, the ne- take care of those needs before you start losing it all on your wants. Oh, that's good. Okay. So yeah. it's delayed gratification. So right. he, you know, he taught me that, you know, dollar cost averaging is what it's called in the right. financial world. And I am not a financial planner and I am not going to sit here, try to tell somebody what stocks to pick, what to invest in. You know, that, that, that is not what I do. What I'd say is you have to teach yourself that basic foundational framework so that you know, and one of the most important principles is learn to pay yourself first. Cause then you you just your it's needs as, it's your as, needs it's first. as though you never saw that money because it goes right into that bucket you maximize your 401k contributions that you're uh, at least up to the point that your employer will match because that's basically free money yeah. to you know so to not do that makes you know but let's let's face it you go to high schools and i i speak again as you said to a lot of young people high school and college students but also to corporate audiences etc and and uh i'll ask i just spoke to a a junior class in college in a business school at a business school at a business school and asked them does anybody know what the current mortgage rate is and of the 35 kids in the class one young lady 
said, I think it's around 4%. Wow. And I said, so why is it important to know these things? And most of them look at you like you have three. And then these are business students, mind you. Right. Okay. And even, even there, they're not, they, there's a difference between consumer math Right. And money 101. Consumer math. <laughs> right. And 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 thinking about, yeah. you know, some high analytically, you know, engaging formula that, that that's talking about debt, debt restructuring in, you know, right. European markets. Uh, you know, OK, that's great. You can do that, but you can't balance your own checkbook. Right. You don't know how to purchase a car. You don't know how to. You, you, you have know, no idea where your credit score is or why it matters. And we can we can go yes, into yes. deeper and deeper on that. As a matter of fact, that's kind of where I wanted to go. But I wanted to give people the uh, backdrop that you've been doing this from a very young age. You were lucky. Yeah. And then you had the discipline. And, and so and, did my wife, by the way. And so did. You, oh, how important is that? Right. right. Said, we were on the same page. We are savers. We, we learned uh, one of the, again, the valuable lessons, live beneath your means. That does not mean you deny yourself some of those wants, but you don't feel like you're entitled to them. Mm-hmm. I hear that way too often. We I deserve this. this. I, I worked deserve, so hard. I, 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 you know, and I, I wrote an article about the angst of August and you get these college kids to graduate, you know, in, in May and they get their degree and I've earned the summer off because I'm going to work the rest of my life and I'm going to go backpack across Europe and they come back and they spent $10,000 and, you know, they, they then they get to August and go, ooh, I don't have a job. You know, no, no, there's no, so you got to have a plan. You got to have a you know, plan. Everything, yeah, you got to know what you're, begin with the end in mind, as Dr. Stephen Covey always said. Sure. Right? And everybody should be reading the book, The Power of Pragmatic Passion, Seven Common Sense Principles for Achieving Personal and Professional Success. Today, we're focusing on the, I guess, the money part of it or the mm-hmm. financial literacy part of it, because I personally dragged you into this because I think this is so important. Well, I, it is. I, I Look, think this is so important for all ages, and I see too many corporate executives struggling with this, Joe. Yeah. Well, I've seen I've seen university professors who yeah. think who think they're ready to retire, and then just get to that point and say, "Whoops." Well, you mean I should have put more away? You know, and and th- very intelligent. And all you got to think about is, you know, I've got some common sense philosophies, right? You know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That's a age tested, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, think about Bernie Madoff. Uh, if you've if you've never heard of Bernie Madoff, you know, Google him, and you'll find out that he ran the biggest Ponzi scheme fraud in the history of of, of the world. Right. You know, sixty five billion dollars he bilked people out of that, and these are smart. You know, and they wealthy thought they're people. Get huge returns because he's promising outrageous and unrealistic you know return. one of your lessons is to repeat if it sounds too good to be true it probably, it probably is. is let's talk about some other lessons again these are all in the book and yep. joe's website is pragmaticpassion.com pragmaticpassion.com find you on facebook where joe at coach joe batista and on linkedin also yes at just look up my name joe, joe batista, batista. Yep. excellent let's let's get into some actual lessons uh so in case you haven't make taking notes, start taking notes right now on, on, on this, folks. One of the lessons you say is, uh, and again, let me let me say this. People are going to, they've heard these things before. Sure, you know? sure. These are, this this is not, isn't rocket this science. This isn't rocket science. But, <laughs> but talk to me about save for a rainy day. Give me your interpretation of that. Okay, so one of the, the statistics I said was that, you know, 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. 
right? The very first thing you should do when you get out of the either high school or college or the military, wherever it is, and, and you're in the working world is you have to come up with a three to six month emergency fund cash. Why? What happens if the plant you're working at closes, the mm-hmm. restaurant you're working at closes, the, the business that you're a part of fails, the division you're working at in a corporation gets purchased by another company and they downsize that you you have to have enough money to be able to survive till you find your next job. So the very first thing you have to do is set up that emergency fund before you do any of those wants. Uh, you know, and it may be the difference between buying a the brand new uh, you know Audi or BMW that comes out and having to buy a four year old used you know Corolla. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and but that's that's the reality. You'd make smart decisions about this. Your next lesson is live within your means. And as you were speaking, I'm thinking to myself, so if I lost my job uh, or something happened bad like health that. And issue. If I didn't, health issue. And I didn't, I wasn't saving for a rainy day. On top of that, if I had lived outside of my means and I had credit card debt, oh boy, I got a real problem. And you might have student loan debt because <laughs> that is a serious debt. problem in our country. 44 million people owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. And think about this, Marty, the pension plans that our parents had, some of our contemporaries have, not right. a lot, right. those are gone. People are going to have to do take care of their own retirement savings at a time when we are driven by consumerism. So live within your means. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I want to talk about what do you mean by trust but verify? What does that mean? Okay, look at all those people that fell for... For burying? Yeah, right? I mean, you know, I got some great swamp land in Florida that I can sell you. You you don't make impulsive decisions. You know, in, in uh, the, the sixth principle is options. It's develop realistic options and make informed choices, right? You have to do your homework. You trust, but you verify. And and don't just go to one source, right? Yeah. You Especially when you're talking about a you know, home purchase, a car purchase, you know, some big investment, your retirement funds, whatever they may be, what insurance policies you should and shouldn't have, all those things, you know, get yourself a good Money 101 book. And I'm mm. not going to, you know, there's there's several of them out there, you know, Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and right. and people like that that are that are they're, the experts. They're, yeah. they're the experts. They're OK. Good. And take a a money 101 course. That was one of the other things that I did when I was younger yeah. was that I, I took the time to go to a three day class, you know, an hour each day. That's it. In the evening and learn about how money works and compounding interest. The miracle of compounding interest. Which people right? still don't understand. That's yep. So that relates to where I was going next, and that is uh, certainly start at any time. If you're 60 and you haven't done it, start now. Do something now. But it's much better if you start when you're younger. Absolutely. And that's part of that compounded interest uh, yeah. thing, right? The the book I used to give to my hockey players when they graduated at Penn State, it's, it's no longer in, in uh, print, uh, was called Your Wealth Building Years. And people think about, well, what are your wealth building years? You're talking about like your 50s and your 60s? No, it's 18 to 31. Wow. If you do the right things with your money between 18 and 31, you know, you will always be way out ahead of the people that don't start thinking about retirement and investing and all that till they're in their 50s. And because wow. you, you've lost all that time and all that compounding interest, and, and, and you'll never make that up. 
And and so it's important that, you know, learn a little bit about investing. I'm not telling you should be a day trader or anything no. like that. No. You know, no, but, you know, all. you also can't, fundamentals. Rely, can't don't rely on the lottery for your retirement plan. Yeah. And okay. your brother-in-law may not be the best source for financial uh, no. information. I got this as a general tip. As a general yeah. statement. Um, so once again, I, I'm thinking as you're speaking to think this goes across the board. If you are a college student, you're listening to this. Uh, listen carefully to this advice. If you're a parent, maybe you need to do a little bit better in helping your your, your children out. Mm-hmm. So buy the book, learn from the fundamentals of pragmatic passion that Joe's talking about, but do the the, the, the books, the, go to Dave yes. Ramsey, go to these guys. Yeah. Listen to podcasts, listen, watch webinars. Do, do all that. You you. It is the best investment you will ever have, and I really wish – you know, just recently in Ontario, Canada, they made it mandatory to teach personal finance. And that is one legislation that I would be 100 percent behind in the United States. We don't do that. We don't make it, you know, and, and I, I always go back to a guy that, that I heard speak that said, you know, I, I know five different ways to do the Pythagorean theorem, but I don't know how to do taxes. And, uh, you know, I'm, so I don't know what's going on in tax season. But, boy, when Pythagorean theorem season comes I'm around, I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. And, and not to take away. Don't please don't misinterpret that. Right. Education is important. But you ha- money matters. It's not the most important thing. But learning, nurture your dreams by nurturing your money. Be a good steward of your money. And good thing. You'll live that comfortable peace of mind existence and have a fulfilling life. Peace of mind is so important. So my guest has been Joe Batista. His book is The Power of Pragmatic Passion. His website is pragmaticpassion.com. Joe, I uh, second show. Yeah. Man, financial literacy has been our focus because I wanted to talk about that, and I knew you were the guy to talk about it. But before I let you go, maybe you're already closed, but... Uh, What's the takeaway? What's the main thing you want people to remember from our discussion today? That, that if you have a plan, if you if you educate yourself about how money really works and you create a budget, you stick to that budget, you, you understand these very commonsensical principles about saving for a rainy day, no such thing as a free lunch, you know, uh, these, it doesn't take a lot. And if I could do, I never made a lot of money. I was a college hockey coach and facilities manager for most of my career. Mm-hmm. Hey, my wife and I didn't make real big money, but we've, we are millionaires because discipline. why? Because of the discipline right. and because we used time on our side and made good decisions with our money, did not live that status lifestyle and take unnecessary chances. And we've lived a good life. And, and by the way, we, we have a house, we have cars, we have uh, put all three Enjoy of our life. kids through college. You can do it. You, and you don't do have it. to. It's 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 just you know having that discipline. So my takeaway from this to wrap it up is that uh, you're going to listen to this. You're going to buy the book. You're going to take Joe's advice, and you're going to start sending him messages via his pragmaticpassion.com website. I'm going to hear about things that I changed my life because of what I heard on the Business Builder Show. Amen. So, Thanks so much for being part of the show. You bet, Marty. And thanks for what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builders Show. To learn more about me, and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. 
And of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. 